What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Magical Living. I am your host, Raja Burrows, and today we're going to be talking about doing the stuff we really want to do. But before we get into that, please be sure to like and subscribe, leave a rating, and if you would like to book a one-on-one coaching session with me, you can do so using the snug link in the description below. Okay, so as you may have noticed, the intro changed a little bit. I did not mention the YouTube channel, and that is because for the time being, I am putting the YouTube side of things on a hiatus. It's not necessarily going away forever. It might be going away forever. I have no idea. But I know that for right now, I can't create the best content if I am also thinking about making a YouTube show. Now, logistically, it was never a big deal, right? It was, I record, and then I upload it into Anchor, and then it extracts the audio, and it's just, it, the, the number of steps was actually pretty small. But that wasn't the issue. The issue is that my energy, when I am on camera, and doing the on-camera version of this solo show, is different. And in particular, it's different because it's recorded. It's it's pre-recorded. There's no and there's no audience interaction. There's no involvement. There's no back and forth. And I really started to think about what makes and made magical living special. And you know what what made the original podcast really cool and special were the interviews. And I absolutely intend to get back to that, want to get back to that, working out the logistics of getting back to that and really figuring out what my approach is going to be and who I want to reach out to and and all of these things, right? And then the more that I really thought about it, what made magical living live so special was not the video component it was much much more about the interaction and honestly even you know not to get like real pretentious but i'm gonna get real pretentious for a second so there's that old marshall McLuhan uh adage the medium is the message Right, there's a whole. If you have not seen the scene in Annie Hall where Marshall McLuhan makes a cameo, you you got to find it. It's like a classic bit of. It's just a great scene. But this guy Marshall McLuhan, he was like a media theorist person, and one of his big ideas is this idea that the medium is the message, and that. No, there are a lot of consequences to that. And, you know, let me be clear. I know nothing of his work. But just that idea really, really resonates with me 
especially with regard to this podcast, because what made what made Magical Living Live so cool and so important to me and to many others is the fact that it was on Facebook. And more specifically, the fact that it was a live Facebook show. Facebook was the medium for Magical Living Live. And it was this feeling of, you know, I did it at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And that was just a time that I had a lot of energy that really, really worked for me. It worked for people on the East Coast. They could, like, have dinner. They'd be making dinner, right? It was sort of in that, like, reflective time of day and it was during the pandemic and we were all desperate for some sense of normalcy and human interaction in the midst of being forced into these digital spaces that are useful but that we didn't really want to inhabit a hundred percent of the time. But that's what made it cool more than, oh, you get to see my face and I'm doing a little video show and I'm a YouTuber, hot cha cha. Like, I'm not a YouTuber. I have no desire to be a YouTuber or a streamer or to do any of the work involved in being those things like none of that is interesting or exciting to me at all and I didn't consciously make this decision but I remember when I was making the video Tuesday I had just come home after the spin class and I was talking about breath and I was I was really excited about it, but I was also really tired. And listen, I am good at, like, turning it on and doing the thing and, oh, oh, uh, cameras are up. Great. Let me get ready. Let me get centered. Boom. I'm really good at that. But what I'm not so great at is doing all all of the things at once. That's not my style. Never has been. The reason that film and TV is so deeply appealing to me is because other people are taking care of the things that I don't want to take care of. Things like, how are the levels? How is the lighting? Does this makeup need a touch-up? How does the hair look? What's the wardrobe like? Like All of those things, I as an actor am tangentially involved, I guess, kind of, sure. But fundamentally, the responsibility isn't on me, which means that I can actually focus on doing the job that I want to do. And I found myself... In the process of, you know, recording the videos and doing the videos, and again, we're, we're still coming out of this pandemic. This is still a pretty new 
show. This is still a pretty new world for me, you know. And I sort of realized, I was like, I don't think that the best version of this show has a visual component right now. Don't get me wrong. There is absolutely a version of this show that's amazing that has multiple high-def cameras, that has a producer and an engineer that I pay, and, you know, a PA that coordinates the people and finds me people and they just show up to my house or the studio and we do this beautiful podcast and have a conversation and it's fantastic. Totally. That version of the show exists in theory. But right now, given the time, energy, resources that I can and want to put into this show, it, it ain't that. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing the Joe Rogan show. Because that's not what I want to do right now. That's not the best work that I can do right now. Not to say it won't change. Not to say it can't change. But I think it's really important for all of us to be really, really mindful of the best work that we can do right now. And the work that we want to do right now. One of the things on my vision board is to grow this podcast. I would love to put in the work to grow the audience of this podcast. That's really interesting and exciting to me, and I, I think that there is a lot of value in the medium of podcasting that I would benefit from, other people would benefit from it. Would just, there were, there's just so much positivity within the realm of podcasting for me right now. So then I have to take a step back and go, okay, what's the best podcast I can make right now, given the resources that I believe are at my disposal? Right. And, you know, could I put in a lot of energy and effort to buy the fancy cameras and the $400 microphones. Sure, of course I can put in effort to work towards that. But I don't want to. Like, I have a whole 24 hours in a day, but I only have 24 hours in a day. Like, there is a there is a finite amount of time in each cycle like in each energy cycle that I have and I have to be really really mindful I think all of us need to be really really mindful about where and how we're directing that energy for instance I've talked about this before I am a part of lunch club lunch club is amazing it is 
I guess it's a social networking site. I don't, I don't even know what you would call it. It's definitely cooler than Clubhouse. I, I can say that with absolute certainty that it is cooler than Clubhouse. And what you do is I have a standing 11 a.m. on Thursday meeting that I've been doing for months. For months. It's been great. I get to meet new interesting people. Um, I get to meet, you know, whether it's people who work in radio or they work, um, you know, on the tech side of the entertainment industry or, you know, if they're an actor or a writer or a comic or whatever. And I get to meet them and talk with them and they learn about me and I learn about them and it's terrific. That is something that I have actively chosen to prioritize in my week because it brings me so much joy and value and connection. And I think that, you know, it, it, going back to this idea of obligation, I don't have to do it every week. Like, there's absolutely nothing that is forcing me to do it. I'm not getting paid to do it. I'm not paying to do it. It's just a thing I do because I like it and it makes me happy and it brings me joy in life. Like, that's it. And I think about how wrongly I have attributed this idea of stuff I have to do to things that have absolutely no stakes attached to them. For instance, this podcast. For a while, I was under the impression that, well, if I want to do the podcasting thing, it has to have a multimedia component. Okay, I mean... A lot of podcasts do have multimedia components. That's not wrong. Um, a lot of very successful podcasts have multimedia components. That's also not wrong. And in the beginning, I wanted the show to have a multimedia component. I believed at the time that that was the best version of this show. And as I started to do it, and as I started to really feel it out, and really be in touch with not, not the energy, not views. Right now, I don't give a shit about views. I'm only interested in making the content that I want to make. If nobody's paying me for this, I'm making the content I want to make. And on the back end, I understand and recognize that by making the content that I want to make, the right people will find the show. If I am genuinely in alignment with who I am and how I'm moving through the world and what I am bringing to the world, the right people will find it. And it's going to be what it's going to be.
and that's fine. And I think that, you know, going back to this idea of obligation, it's 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 a twofold problem, right? Because there's there's the one side of obligation of well, if you want to achieve this goal, then you got to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, that is debatably true, but it always gets loaded with this weird emotional energy that doesn't help. Like it doesn't it at least for me, it doesn't it doesn't work on me. It doesn't work on me. Because once you start to load your suggestions with emotional energy, now we're having a different conversation. Now I'm like, why are you so invested in my achieving this goal? And my instinct and my animal gets immediately defensive. And I'm like, it sounds like you have a stake in this. It sounds like you're not giving your advice freely. It sounds like my success or failure is somehow a re reflection on, on you. And now, okay, hang on. This is weird. You're being weird. I don't like it. And so that, but again, that's a really hard thing to fight as like, we are social beings and we are social creatures and we do have emotions and respond to emotion, right? But that's that's sort of the first part of the obligation thing is just, you know, you, whenever, whenever somebody frames something as, oh, listen, you gotta do it, right? Like there's that, there's like, we've all, we've all heard of that and there's this, it's such a loaded way to phrase something and it's always just really hit me wrong. It's always hit me wrong and I've never liked it. But on the other side of that, of obligation, I think that we're also not really taught how to pivot. We are given this impression that either you succeed or you fail. Now, the narrative has changed somewhat, mercifully. We've started to embrace failure. We've started to embrace, you know, not succeeding and finding more alignment and whatever, whatever. We've we've certainly embraced the the result of having quit something that wasn't nourishing you, that wasn't uh, bringing you closer to the Zen state of, you know, presence and enlightenment, whatever it is, right? So we, we, we're we doing better uh, in the sense that we've gotten away from this, like, winners never quit, which, yay, thank goodness. But we haven't quite bridged that gap in terms of creating a social narrative about how to pivot and how to change, right? Because we just don't... Okay, here's a really dumb example. 
but like, so Billie Eilish just went on the cover of Vogue. I think it was Vogue. Um, and she looks very, very different. She had like the blonde hair and she's in a dress and it's a whole, th- I mean, it's a far cry from her previous image of, you know, being edgy goth-ish teenage girl, right? And it, w- it was a whole thing, apparently. I don't know. I only saw the backlash of it. But I, like, apparently people really loved it, and she was weirded out by that. I don't know. I don't know the whole details. But it was a, it was a stark departure. And listen, the photo shoot was great. That's not the point of all this. But the point is, we only saw green hair Billie Eilish and blonde Billie Eilish. We, the rest of the world, did not see any of that middle part where she was figuring out how to transition and how to navigate and how to not, right? Because she she started to become, like, pretty famous. Like, she was in, like, what is it, 2017? Something like that? I want to say 2017. Um, 2017, 2018, when she was, like, 15, she released a couple of songs. And then in 2019, then Bad Guy came out and she like blew up. But she was still only like 16 or 17. And so intellectually, it's really easy to see, okay, well, obviously she would want to transition and grow up and she's changing as a person like we all are and what she does needs to reflect that. Of course, that that all makes sense, right? But we didn't, we didn't see everything in the middle. And so, you know, or how about this? You know, the, the, the people who identified with her look were like, oh my God, Billie Eilish is a weirdo and dresses like a weirdo. I now have permission to dress like a weirdo too. And then when that shifts and you, the audience you, the other tribe member, wasn't privy to that whole transition, it can feel really jarring. And so as a result, because we are, you know, very, I would say that we have a pretty externally motivated society, I think that's a fair thing to say, you know, um, we don't really talk about the process of, okay, well, how how do you go from I think I want to do something different to actually doing the different thing. And that's a really important conversation. I mean, that's a, that's important in relationships. It's important in work situations. It's important in living situations. You know, I when I left New York City, it took me a year to leave in it was in so i had just signed a new lease that was starting in july of 2018 just signed the new lease 
And in June, I had kind of decided that I wanted to leave. Which is, again, not the ideal time to sign a lease. But I knew in my heart of hearts in June that I was like, I don't think New York is the place for me anymore. And so internally, the decision was made. Cool. But like, there were a lot of steps between internally knowing what I had to do and what I wanted to do and then actually executing it. Not least of which was like, where the hell am I going to go? Like, I don't, I don't really want to go back to Albuquerque for, for too, too long. I ended up going back to Albuquerque for a couple of months over the summer, and it was phenomenal and, like, really important and one of the best things, you know, that I was able to do. Um, but I was like, I'm not going... I'm not going back to, like, start a life in Albuquerque. That's not a thing. That's not going to happen. So I had to, like, actually research and think about where am I going to go? What do I actually want to do? I took a vacation to Plano, Texas because I was like, let me try out this Plano life. And I loved it there. It's not where I ended up. And I'm glad it's not where I ended up right now because at the time and currently, Plano is not the right city for me. Just isn't. The advantages that Plano offers are not advantages that I need or want in my life. They, they just aren't. So my, my path from New York to L.A. was very circuitous. It was not, it was not like, oh, I want to leave New York and move to L.A. I guess I'll just do it. There's a whole non-linear weaving navigation process that happens when you make any big transition choice, a uh, thing that affects your public uh, image or persona or personality or whether you're, you know, starting a new fitness regimen or whatever it may be there's a lot that goes into it between the decision to start working on the thing and the result of having done it so all of this is to say the reason that there is no video today is because i don't wanna i just don't wanna it really is that simple And I know that the longer that I keep doing the video when I don't want to, the longer I'm going to keep making content that I'm not proud of and that doesn't feel authentic and that doesn't feel effortless. Again, because the whole, the whole idea of 
all of magical living, the, the whole thing that it's ever been, it's called magical living for a reason. It's meant to be kind of casual, kind of spontaneous, kind of off the cuff. I, you know, I've been recording for 28 minutes and 13 seconds. It's one take. I do these in one take. I don't splice these together. You hear all of the meandering because I think that's really, really important. And, you know, that the longer I keep doing the video, the further away I get from making the kind of podcasts that I want to make and that I think are important to make and that nourish me and that I hope nourish others. So all of this is to say, if there is a decision that you know you need to make and you aren't sure about how it's going to end up or what the result is going to be, just start doing something. It doesn't matter. Literally just start. Don't, I'm even going to say, don't think about the end result. The end result is not the point. The point is starting to make those changes. Because in the process, you will discover what it needs to be. You're going to change. The thing is going to change. Again, whether that's the job or the relationship or the city you live in or the community you're a part of or the hobby you pursue or your eating habits. Look, for a really dumb example of the eating habits, if you you know, want to start to get a little more fit and to eat less processed foods, just start buying carrots. Straight up, just start buying carrots. And then just see where that alone takes you. Is it going to get you all the way? Absolutely not. Of course there is more to it than that. But carrots are a start. There's something. It's not, well, I could buy carrots. I should buy carrots. But if, if I buy carrots, then I'm also going to have to buy a chicken, and then I'm going to have to start doing meal prep, and then I'm going to have to start getting some green in there. So I have to figure out what green I actually like to eat consistently. No, you know what? Fuck it. Chips. That's no good. That's that's how you get stuck, is by trying to solve the whole puzzle all at once. Just do one thing. Do one thing. See where it takes you. Be present. Be in touch with yourself. Let the thing evolve and breathe and grow, and just let it be what it's going to be. All right, that's all I got for today. Thank you so much for hanging out with me, as always. I love you, I see you, now let's do the damn thing.